wedge a piece of wood underneath it? Where do you see a piece of wood anyway? Look around. Jimmy, can you hear me? It's Nick. Can you hear me, man? of Frankenstein, the doctor or the monster? <laughs> Ball. Some of column A, some of column B. Alright, and let's see. More like erotic wrongs <laughs> of Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, you might be right on that. I'm just going to open Shutter. That'll tell me everything I need to know about what I've been watching. About everything. Yeah. Hey listeners, guess what we're doing? We're recording this thing. Uh, this is Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast, Sans Jolien. Uh, yeah. That's not the name of the podcast. We're just, it's us without Jolien. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And uh, we're going to talk about what we watched since last time. And it then we're going to. stains t- the sands red. <laughs> it sure does, doesn't it? Uh, and then we'll talk about what, what it they're talking about. Um. We're a podcast that talks about horror movies. We will spoil the featured attraction, and then uh, we'll try not to spoil too much about the ones we've recently watched. And then uh, uh, we're not professional critics. And thank you to the Moonrays for giving us intro creature features at the top of the show. You can find them on Amazon or iTunes if you want to buy their music digitally. And uh, we encourage you to do that. So, uh, what have you watched? Uh, More... uh Babylon Berlin. How is that? It's excellent. I highly recommend it. Even though it's all in German. Uh, subtitled though, at least? No. <laughs> They're just like, we expect you to know we German. We expect you to know German. It's a lot like English, only angrier. <laughs> right. So uh, you pick it up pretty quickly. Some of the same root words, right? Yeah. And uh, No, it's, yeah, it's all subtitled. Yeah, so it's a series... It's a series. It's 16 episodes, which feels like a whole lot now, since most series are 10. Yeah, it's... Between 6 and 10. Yeah, it's like 6, 8, 10, maybe 12, Maybe 12 or 13 if we're really pushing it, but this one has 16, so... Do you remember remember when a season of something used to be like 23 episodes? Yeah, like 25 episodes. And then you look at old things like Dragnet from the 50s and be like a season with 36 episodes. Oh my God. Or even Star Trek only had three seasons, but they did 78 episodes. So It's like Gilligan's Island. Same deal. Yeah. 400 episodes a season from Gilligan's Island. (laughs) You ever see the one where they almost got off the island, but Gilligan fucked it up in the end? No, I missed that one. It's a good one. Oh, the only good one. And I, you know, I don't expect that our listeners have, have uh, heard every episode we've recorded, but I think I've mentioned before that uh, Kurt Russell was the Jungle Boy. Yes. So if you've seen the one where on the, Gilligan's Island, yes, not just no, no he was he wasn't found <laughs> the in a jungle. Jungle Boy. 
who yeah. killed those hippies in <laughs> California. <laughs> yeah, they let him off because, you know, he wasn't uh, civilized. Because he wore red tennis shoes. <laughs> That's right. And he was a computer. <laughs> With a leopard loincloth. Yep. So uh, what else have you watched? That's pretty much it. Wow, you've just been deep diving into the German stuff. Huh? Yeah. Uh, wow. Two episodes a night, so. Have you looked into that George Scott on Shudder? No, I'm not. I got into it. Um, I'm, I think, on the third episode, and um, I'm liking it. I'm not sure if it's going to take a turn for something supernatural, but it just seems like a, uh, pardon my murder, Norway or, or no Sweden. I think it's Swedish. Ah, uh-huh. pardon my murder, Sweden. Yeah, whatever they would say. See, this one is pardon the murder. <laughs> pardon the murder. <laughs> uh, um. So yeah, George Scott, I'm two or three episodes into that. I did finally finish the erotic... What's that about? Oh, it's about um, a woman who is... I guess I should probably talk about what is it about. Um, a woman who is a uh, detective, and they kind of show you with um, pensive looks and flashbacks that she lost a child uh, in the sense that the child went missing, not that the child necessarily died. Yeah. And she is back in her small town that she's from because her father committed suicide. That sounds exactly like a pardon my murder. It's so pardon my murder. Like they're all structured about the same. Yeah. That's really funny. It's always somebody returning to a small town. Right. This one's kind of the opposite. Uh, Babylon Berlin is a small town cop going to Berlin. He's a vice cop and he's there under the idea of the operation of finding some dirty photos somebody has taken of his dad who is the uh mayor of cologne Hmm. and they don't want these he's gonna he's fearing blackmail so and it just goes downhill from there wow there's absolutely no likable characters probably in the whole show that that's kind of a good idea i think because they always want to give you, and sometimes it's a red herring, they want to give you that that person that you don't like or who seems to be in opposition of the one that they expect you to like. And sometimes they switcheroo. They, yeah. They throw down the jujitsu on you and just, you know. Well, the, uh, the lead cop is a uh, drug addict because he's suffering from shell shock from World War One, even though it's 1929, so he's been... Oh, I didn't realize this was a period piece. Yeah. Oh. It takes place in the, in 1929. So you've oh. got the uh, excess of Weimar, Weimar, Reiner, uh, Berlin, and, uh, you know, all the political stuff that's coming up. Lots of communist and communist double crosses and oh, wow. triple cro- crosses and terrible people on both sides <laughs> and, and probably some very fine people on both sides <laughs> no no it seems like no, berlin's just... <laughs> populated by dicks and assholes <laughs> basically <laughs> everything is really gray looking right yeah oh that sounds perfect yeah so uh yeah so george scott is um it's basically that that pardon my murder type premise, and it seems pretty early on that um, there's another disappearance of another child, much in the same way that her daughter disappeared. I think it's supposed to be seven years earlier. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of stuff about like, well, yeah, your father was sick with something, but he didn't die from it. It was a suicide. And it's mm. like, oh, okay, well, maybe he couldn't stand the pain. No, that wasn't it. Uh, or maybe it was, but... I don't want to spoil anything about this, but that's not really major plot points. And then some interesting things turn up and I would be spoiling it if I said what they were, but two or three episodes in, you'll be all caught up. And then, you know, I think it's probably 10 episodes per season and they just dropped the second season of it. So if I find it really compelling to binge on it, I can. Ah. So I will get through a third and maybe fourth uh, episode and decide whether I'm just going to binge. Um, so yeah, I finished, uh, the, I think it's 1972, uh, the erotic rites of Frankenstein. Yeah. 
Jess Franco directing, and it's his usual cast of characters and, well, you know, meaning his friends, his actors. Owen's on Shutter, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's the one I was talking about, and, uh, of course, Jolien's on Shutter now, too, so he's like, yeah, I watched it. And um, I was only maybe 28 minutes into it, 30 minutes into it for the longest time, and then finally I got a chance to just watch the other hour of it. And it's interesting, and it gives you everything you want if you know what you want from Jess Franco. And he just made wacky, sexy, weird horror movies that weren't really horror. Anything with murder or horror, and it was really more about, like, well, the character should be naked doing this. Yeah. And uh, why? Well, because. Because. That's what I want in my movie. Okay. All right. Jess Franco. If you want just weird and naked, he's the director for you. So got through that. And um, then I started watching The Woman. And, you know, my own fault. I tried to watch things starting later at night um, after I get everything done, which takes apparently all evening. Uh, and it's interesting. It's about this guy who I think he's out hunting and he sees this. Um, and of course they show you this toward the beginning of the movie. They just show you this woman who's hanging around a Creek and it looks like maybe she's injured and she's washing her injury. Um, she's very dirty. Uh, just looks like cave woman. And I'm thinking, okay, well it's going to show this and then it's going to flash forward or maybe it's a cave people movie. Don't know. And then it cuts to some people at a party and you're like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, this kid is like the worst person and his parents are terrible too. And everyone at the party is kind of awful, but they're all sort of... Is this set in Berlin? It should be. <laughs> no, it looks like it's set anywhere in America. Berlin. It's a lot like Boston. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only less racist. <laughs> I don't know anything about Boston. <laughs> I've only uh, met a few Bostonians. No, some of the Bostonians have told me it's a pretty racist place. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, people will work through that. Anyway, uh, this so it turns out it's like, poof, you're in the burbs. Why are we in the burbs? I don't know. It's a party. Uh, they're, they're grilling hot dogs and whatever, birthday party. Uh, and then it shows the family all kind of pile into the minivan or the SUV or whatever and head home. And it's like a, a jerky early, uh, early teen or preteen boy and then a teenage girl and then the two parents. They get back to the house. Uh, the dad is at some point shortly after or the next day hunting or checking out the property or whatever. And he sees the woman that we met at the beginning of the movie that is this a cave woman. We don't know. Well, she's not a cave woman except for the fact she lives in a cave. Oh, other than that, she's a modern day human being. Okay. Yeah. So she's, she's not, not a time traveler or a missing or a lost tribe or a missing link. She might be a lost tribe or maybe a child who was abandoned, but it I think it clues you in at the beginning that she was raised by wolves or some shit like okay, that. Okay, I was going to ask was she raised by wolves? Yeah, no joke. I think she was. So, uh he he sees her through his rifle scope to kind of check her out, see what she's up to. Goes home and rigs up a bunch of stuff and then comes back and captures her. He's got some important stuff to do. And I don't know if this is going to be like, oh, this is what right wing wackos do. They try to change people. But uh, he is a guy with a rifle and he does capture her and want to want to civilize her. And he tells the family they're all going to participate and they're all going to have jobs and they need to keep it secret. Huh. That's the premise of it. I'm not spoiling like two thirds of the movie. I'm not that far into it. And this is what's happening. He's got her like tied up in the barn with like this elaborate chain and pulley kind of system that he's created. Mm -hmm. As most barns are equipped with. Yeah. You know, so he's uh, probably terrible, but it seems like his son is trying to be terrible like him. And he starts talking back to his mom and just being a little asshole. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I, I have not watched the rest of it yet. So, <laughs> so uh, I recommend it so far. I don't know if it's going to take a terrible wrong turn. Uh, just wall to wall rape. <laughs> You're going to feel real stupid for recommending it. I'm going to say watch the first however many minutes that is. But, you know, it's we're not supposed to be talking about halves of movies on here. We're supposed to talk about the whole movies or at least, you know, summarize having watched a whole movie. So that's my fault. I could have just left it out. But part, I of, part of a woman. 
yes, part of a woman. <laughs> I watched part of a woman. Yeah. It was an elbow. Yeah. So let's talk about our featured attraction. 2000 something something. Uh, 15 or 17. 2016. Okay, we'll split the difference. Now, it says, if you look this up, that it's an American horror movie. Yeah. I think that's in country of ownership only because i think everyone in it was canadian weren't they oh were they was uh, did this have the smell of canadian <laughs> did it have bacon on it were they sorry about something they were sorry yeah um i think actually the uh the lead actress um what's her name Brittany allen yeah I, I think she is canadian and i think i think one uh Riediger, Riedinger, uh who played smalls I think yeah. he, I think he's Canadian too. Oh. Um, don't quote me on that. But uh, this is it explains a lot. Yeah, this thing is set outside uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, and it was filmed in Nevada. So in that sense, it's American. Okay. So, but I think it might be you know, like some com- Canadian crew members and some cast snuck in across yeah. the border <laughs> past yeah. Trump's northern wall. The Northern Wall. The Ice Wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> keep the Canadians and the Yeti out. Yeah. And the BC... The Wendigos. And the BC Bud. Yeah. That was a big thing. I don't think it's so much a thing anymore no, now that Washington no. has legalized it. Yeah. Or Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. You can get all the way down here and... Man, we're cool. We got it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You know? Montana's got medicinal... A lot of states do. Yeah. New Mexico has medicinal. Yeah. Let's pretend like we're really achy. Yeah. Go get some weed. Man, my doctor says I need weed to get high. (laughs) You're suffering from a lack of high. Yeah. So you watched this thing. I watched uh, this thing. At at my prompting. Yeah. Although I think I originally uh, mentioned having the seen, title having seen the yeah scrolling yeah. through shutter one night yeah trying to find something to watch and this is something i watched while i was at uh, emerald city comic-con just oh, okay hanging yeah. out you know i knew i could you know get the wi-fi signal and at the airbnb and i watched this thing on the ipad i kind of want to watch it on a tv though a little wider scope yeah but, you, know, you could just hold the ipad close to your face you know real close yeah how did you like it i liked it okay uh, is this reinforcing the idea that maybe there's an original idea left in the zombie thing? Uh, I don't know how original this one was. But it's one lone zombie for most one of the One lone zombie. I like that. Uh, I thought the execution was okay. I thought the acting was okay. I felt the story needed a little something. Like it felt a little predictable. Uh-huh. I felt like maybe they could have just started with her going to see her kid. Right. And fill in the backstory. Right. As they went. Um, I felt like they got to the airport and then she decided she was going to go find her kid. Um, I felt it would have simplified things maybe if she had just gone for her kid yeah. in the beginning. Um, Does it imply that she's abandoned this kid? Yeah, she, I mean... Because because she knows that she's not good for the kid or because she just wants to live her cocaine-fueled life? I think it was the former. Okay. Although she mentions, you know, oh, he's better off with her sister. Okay. Well, I, I kind of got the idea here that... Um, well, she appears to be some sort of uh, a stripper or something. She's a stripper. They do eventually tell you that. Yes. But it's something that, you know, we're, we're sort of handed the idea pretty early on. Yeah. Um, what do you think her boyfriend with the car that got stuck, what do you think his deal is? Uh, he's a low-level wannabe gangster. Do, do you think that the, that the um, airfield has something to do with smuggling cocaine? Oh, possibly. I hadn't considered that. But yeah, I could see that. Yeah, they seem to, you know, have a fair amount of it on hand. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we're I guess we're supposed to understand that the zombie apocalypse is well known. 
to be underway. It's just happened as far as we know when the movie starts. Right. Like we're a day or two into it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody knows this is bad news. Yeah. Get out of town. And they're trying to get out to the airfield to go to Mexico. Now, I've never lived in the desert. Um, where you're from in New Mexico, was there this kind of sandy shoulder of the road? Yeah, it's it's a, kind of the same. It's not as sandy. Was it well known that if you don't have a monster truck, don't pull off the road? Uh, you have to have at least... Yeah, I mean... You have to have at least two of your wheels on the same side of the car on the pavement? Yeah, or you should. <laughs> or you should have something to put under the tires. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of people even like emptying their suitcases and stuffing their clothes under the tires. Uh-huh. Does that work? Uh, I don't know about that. That seems like that'd be too soft. Now, if you had a hard... Like a board. Yeah, or hard-bodied suitcase, you could stuff that under there. Or if you had a zombie, say, hey. that was getting your car, you might be able to trick him into crawling under the car after you. And then starting the car and crawling out quickly and having the other person run over him to get you out. So you solved this pretty early on. That's what I thought first. This would have been a short if you were in charge of it. Yeah. Let's just <laughs> run over the zombie. About a 15, 20 minute movie. Yeah. Also, why didn't they shoot the zombie in the head when they had him down the first time? Um, Low level gangster boyfriend wannabe is a terrible shot. Yeah, but he could have walked up to it at that point because it was on the ground. I I shot it from like two feet away, which seemed like that would work. Yeah. Well, I guess if we got... But then again, yeah, we'd have a real short movie. Yeah, that's the whole problem with stuff like this. So I think they did the right thing in making him inept at shooting stuff. Mm -hmm. And her like just freaked out enough to do everything she did to end up in a bad, well, in a worse situation. Yeah, I mean, she didn't start out with... She was at least smart enough to grab all the water and everything she could out of the car. <laughs> the water and the cocaine. And the cocaine. Well, it is Colombian marching powder. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're going to have to march across the desert, I'd probably grab the water and the cocaine. There you go. You know, and... Uh, yeah, sort out all the uh, issues later. Yeah. Yeah. So... Th- they give you this one zombie who's wearing a suit. Did you guess at his... I mean, not that our job is to write fan fiction or anything, but did you guess at his backstory? Like, how the hell is he out in the middle of the desert? No, I had no idea what his backstory was. I thought maybe he had been recently buried. Oh. And that was oh. the suit. Yeah. Because I couldn't figure out why else he would have a suit on, but I thought, well, maybe he just died. I was thinking he was a, ga- or a gambler. but Oh, maybe... And I thought he just died uh, that or he was Glenn Danzig when he showed up at first. But uh, He did have Danzig hair, didn't he? Totally had Danzig hair. I wonder if Danzig knows that his hair is like, is uniquely his own. Yeah. No one else has that hair. Probably. Um, so yeah, I thought he had been recently buried and was kind of surprised when later when she found his wallet. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it would make sense to me if like this was one of those guys that was like uh he had wronged some like he he, he had some uh gambling debt and you know some book some book oh. he had him killed and buried in the desert possibly that would be interesting yeah just you know shot in the chest maybe but you know he's a zombie cuz that chest shot would uh not stop you from reanimating yeah i like that idea though i like that he was recently buried in so shallow grave I thought later when she talks about him being a stalker that it would have been a better setup if they had gone on a date. Oh, this was beginning. This was zombie apocalypse happened, and then he turns up and she's like, "I can't." Like she gave him a fake number or something. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll call you. Never wanted to see him again. And then he turns up and he just keeps following her. Ooh, I got I got a, a twist on that idea. So. He's a creepy stalker. He's following them. Yeah. Because he's after her. And then the boyfriend like shoots him in the chest and kills him. There we go. And he, he, he comes back and he continues stalking her. Yeah. Because that's his motivation already. Yeah. But we are totally writing fanfic. We are. It's all right. <laughs> Something that we said isn't our job pretty early on. But sometimes you can't help it. Yeah. I mean, there's sometimes a better movie. 
<laughs> in their movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're, you know, I think we should do a Kickstarter and get some uh, some video editing software and a bunch of RAM for your computer. Yeah. Just be like, I'm going to cut this up and make it the way it should be. Yeah. Now, it kind of seems early on, okay, so we lost one of our main characters. And other than people in flashbacks, it's all pretty much just going to be her and... The zombie. And Smalls, the zombie chasing yeah. her. Uh, were you surprised to see the military guys later on? Did you think that was ever going to happen at all? Oh, I figured you'd have to eventually. The military always shows up in zombie movies. And they're always worse than the zombies. Always. Except yeah. these two guys look like they were National Guard. Yeah. Because they looked like they were a little out of shape and a, and yeah. a little old. Yeah, they weren't exactly special forces, were no. they? No. There was a reason they were patrolling the highway out in the middle of nowhere in Nevada. And it does seem like that's kind of a, it's not necessarily a trope, but that is something you will see in here uh, in movies now, is that, you know, these these guys are the, they're the weekend warriors, and they're not super motivated to like throw themselves out there. You know, they're going to do what they're told to do, but if they see everything collapsing, they're probably going to, you know, get home and take care of things at home. Yeah. Which would make them deserters. But, you know, if there's a zombie apocalypse or some other sort of major collapse, hey, maybe there's not going to be any chain of command left after a couple days. Oh, come on. All of our important people will be in a bunker. Yeah. (laughs) I always find that whole idea kind of interesting. It's super important that we get our politicians into a bunker. What about our scientists and doctors and stuff? No, fuck them. (laughs) Yeah. There'll be new ones born, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to make sure all those high-level politicians get into the solid granite mountain somewhere. (sighs) I don't know, man. It's it's depressing if you think about it for too long. <laughs> if you think about it for more than ten seconds, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this uh, this whole trek across the desert. Now you see her wake up, and you don't know like, well, what's going on here? Like, how is she just sleeping? And yeah, she's on a little plateau that he can't reach. Yeah, and then when he finally gets to that point, he's like trying to bite her feet and stuff. Like he is not going to stop. Yeah. But he's not really sharp enough to know that if she goes over the other side of it that she didn't disappear. It's like a game of peekaboo. No, he's he's not a sharp ghoul. <laughs> and he he's not really a tool using ghoul either. He's he? not a tool using ghoul at all. Yeah, well, I don't think we see him pick up anything, do we? No, he can't even break a window with his hands. Right. He just Or can't... his face. He tries, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of uh, hoping to see him like show some of his former self other than just being a stalker, but you don't really get anything but the relentless pursuit. How did she get the tire around his neck? I'm... They cut that whole sequence. Yeah, I was kind you of... like, how did they do that? I'm thinking that maybe she just... Uh, Stood there holding the tire, let him get close, and then chucked it on him, and then switched directions. I guess. So he was then pulling the uh, the inflatable raft. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. But once she's disabled his arms with the tire stuck on him, you know, if she was able to get it all the way down to his elbows, that would make him just pretty much, you know, not able to grab her. Yeah. She could have gagged him with something. You know. That's what I thought. Or put her jacket over his head. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like, yeah, there'd be a lot going on. Now, I, the physics of the thing doesn't make sense, of course. Wouldn't he be so dehydrated and just starting to turn into zombie jerky? Yeah. She had to drink all the water. Yeah. I think uh, I think he did eventually run down despite, even though he had been shot in the leg. I don't know how much that, that affected his mobility. Right. But I think he was running out of juice, so I think these zombies don't last super long few days yeah so in new mexico do they use the term haboob to talk about uh sandstorms i think they do now but it's kind of like bomb cyclone no one used to say it and now they do yeah exactly yeah because i know um my friend in phoenix uh, brian has um, mentioned the haboob and i'm thinking that 
definitely sounds like something from the Middle East. Like, I don't know if that's actually yeah, where the term comes from. Exactly where the term comes from. Okay. So a haboob happens. Yeah. She gets buried. And, uh, you hearing that? Dogs? Is that what that is? I'm just picking up enough of it to sound like a squeak, like something's wobbling and squeaking. Yeah, it's a dog. Okay. Um, so she wakes up from uh, the sandstorm, the haboob, uh-huh. and uh, spots a truck nearby. Yeah. And it's a couple of guys, and it seems like, oh, good, she's rescued, but something doesn't seem right. Well, of course, because it's a zombie movie. They wouldn't be good people out there. What are they doing out there? Right. All the good people are dead already. <laughs> the only You're pe- fucked. The only, thing, the only people who are going to survive are bad people. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. All the... <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that kind of uh, tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? Yep. Basically, you know, if you see anybody, they're bad. Uh-huh. Shoot yeah. to kill. Yeah. Zombies, people. Yep. yep. Animals. Yep. Robots. Doesn't matter. <laughs> kind of makes me want to go back and watch the Chopping Mall movie again. Yeah. Chopping Mall. That was a good one. Well, I don't know if it was a good one. But it was one we watched. <laughs> it was. We did and a, talked about. We did a live watch on that and one. And somebody's head did get crushed and explode. Yeah, there was Yeah, there were killer robots, all kinds of crazy shit. Um now this uh this this hoofing it across the desert in platform shoes. Um which I don't remember what exactly kind of shoes they were, but they were yeah, platform stripper boots. <laughs> right. So she's basically Got the um, uh, the agility of a, a newborn foal. As yeah, she's stumbling across the desert, uh, being chased by a piece of zombie jerky. By this point in the movie, uh, I don't want to get too far into talking about it. Like when the title says it stains the sands red, We're I not... thought it was a clown. <laughs> So the, there was going to be a clown out in the desert. With the grease paint because of the with heat. the grease paint, you know, yeah. it, the clown. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the grease paint's dripping on the sand because uh-huh. of how hot it the is. The balloon was red. The sand yeah. is red. Well, we're probably, I don't know, what what in, they indicate to us is hours into this or maybe a day into this thing. Yeah. And she discovers she's bleeding. She's having her period. Uh, so... Is that the it that stains the the sands red? Is that, oh, is that maybe is that what we're being told here? Uh, it's weird that we're we're given that as something to contemplate. Uh, and my question, when I mentioned this last time when we recorded, uh, is this supposed to be basically a story about the male gaze and the relentless pursuit of of uh, stalker type guys or or persistent guys? You know, I don't know. I don't know if they, I mean... Are, are they thinking that deeply about it? Yeah. I want to think they are, the movie makers. But uh, it's not necessarily uh, anything but the, uh, you know, are we supposed to understand that maybe the zombie smells blood and he's just... Yeah, I think that was supposed to be the understanding. Yeah. And she uses that to her advantage. Yeah. Know, she takes the tampon and lures him if with it. If you ever it. wanted to see a zombie chew up a used tampon, like we all have... <laughs> <laughs> you know this is the movie for you you see i couldn't believe it took till 2016 before someone put this in a movie literally every zombie movie you've been sitting there drumming your fingers <sighs> come on people <laughs> come on it's so obvious why is no one doing this yet jeez yeah so yeah the the it is is her blood and um the so this slow chase does that work for you yeah, I like the slow chase. It was almost kind of like a Western, wasn't it? It was. I, I told Eugenia last night that it reminded me of an episode of uh, The Rifleman. Well, Mark <laughs> has to cross the desert with a little tiny amount of water in order to save his dad. Oh, yeah. yeah so this was a lot like it. There were no zombies in The Rifleman, so don't go looking for zombies <laughs> in The Rifleman. It's the one thing that was missing from The Rifleman. It should have. I mean, think how many zombies he could kill with that fast-action rifle that, he had. Yeah, that lever-action rifle. Yeah. Man, Chuck Connors. Yeah. That was... Uh, that was his solution to every problem, was just gun people down. 
They <laughs> fucked with him, and he just, or his son, and they just gunned him down. You know how this this brings up an interesting subject. Um, you know how they've got the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that the Wilhelm ricochet? Mm-hmm. You've noticed it, yeah. haven't you? Like every Western, it's like, you know, bang, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> one ricocheting bullet. Yeah, I, I would love to find that and just insert it here, and maybe I will when I'm editing this. But <laughs> it was like that, and uh, I want to say it was uh, one of the Lucy shows, whether it was I Love Lucy or the Lucille Ball show. She had like two or three different yeah vehicles. Um, the Lucy show. Yeah, and uh, there was a... Here's Lucy. Yeah. There's Lucy. <laughs> there goes Lucy. There goes Lucy. <laughs> Lucy Goosey. Uh, there was a laugh track for that show. And there was a woman who had the weirdest... Juicy Lucy, where she ran that juice factory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the juice bar way before those were popular. Yeah. She was really ahead of her time. She was. Big innovator, that Lucille Ball. There was someone on that laugh track. This woman had the weirdest laugh. <clears throat> I, would, I, I would imitate it for you. I don't know if I would do it justice. But it was kind of a... <laughs> And you would, the whole audience, the laugh track would be going and you'd hear this, this cackling guffaw. Oh, man. And it's like, as a kid, I noticed it. And I thought, that woman's in every audience. Oh, yeah. She, they just must let her in for free to everything. Because she laughs at all the jokes. Yeah, but it's that weird laugh. But, you know, between that and the, how do they, how do the cowboys get those ricochets? Yeah. And why is this woman in every audience? These are things I wondered as a kid. Why is it always that same scream when someone falls off something? <laughs> right. Yeah. For any listeners who don't know what the Wilhelm scream is, just look it up. You'll, you'll be very happy you did. Because there's, there's a YouTube video of like a bunch of Wilhelm screams cut together. Yeah. Including Boba Fett when he dies, it's the Wilhelm scream. Uh huh. So that's probably the yeah. easiest one to find. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guess what? I digressed. Where were we? Um, uh, we were talking about the blood. It was the actual screaming death of Kaiser Wilhelm, I believe. <laughs> that's what it was. They were there recording it onto a wax cylinder. <laughs> um, they dropped him off a cliff, a precipice. Yes. A parapet. A parapet. Indeed. <laughs> Which we discovered is not a dirty word, but you know. Uh, yeah, so the slow speed chase worked for you. Yeah. A lot like a Western. Okay, that's where, that's how I got uh, digressed. Um, so they do run across these military guys, and they're not as bad as the guys in like 20 day, 28 days later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you remember when those guys uh, tried to kill Sandra Bullock? Yeah. It was 28 days later. Yeah. Uh, After the initial 28 days when she got clean. Yeah. But this wasn't, you know, as bad as those guys, but they're, they're bad enough. They were going to shoot to kill. Uh, This is the weird part in the movie that I had trouble suspending my disbelief. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't quite get over this point where she suddenly... Has she bonded with she him? She bonds with the zombie. Or is it, a, is it a maternal instinct? I couldn't quite tell. I think she just bonded with him because she had poured her heart out to this guy as she walked across the desert. And then he bit her. Yeah. You know, and she had to smash her finger off. Now, did you feel like that worked? Is she going to be safe? It appeared to be safe because... I mean, I don't know. I don't know how quickly other people change. Yeah, I don't know if we were told that. And I was actually surprised that, A, those guys didn't shoot the zombie to death. And that she made it to the airfield. Yeah. Uh, Nothing but good people at the airfield, I noticed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They look like the best people running the airfield. Yes. Probably some very capable pilots. Uh-huh. Good mechanics. Good mechanics. People of character. Uh-huh. Yeah, so a bunch of other low-level gangster uh, drug smugglers. Yeah. And something went wrong. Uh, one of the dipshits drove a convertible. Yeah, he took his convertible and he got bitten. And then when wow. he got there, he bit four other people. 
and they locked them all in a room instead of shooting them, although they were willing to shoot Molly on sight. Right. But they didn't, weren't willing to shoot the other people who they knew were zombies because they had worked out what zombies had been. I mean, yeah, we never learn if this universe knows about zombies or not. They seem to because she says shoot him in the head immediately. Right. Although that could just be because she's American. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, we learned she's not Canadian at all because she wants to shoot people in the head. Yeah. It's like, but that one's not a zombie. I don't care. Shoot him in the head. Shoot him too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this kind of was weird um, because, yeah, they're they're pretty trigger happy when she's wandering up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not really feeling I that. felt like the movie kind of lost its way once it got to the airfield. Yeah. Or at least once she she defended the zombie and then it stopped being about the zombie chasing her. Although I don't know how much longer you could have gone on with that. But it almost felt like it shifted into a, a second zombie film or something. Yeah. Yeah. There, there wasn't a whole lot that made sense to me. And I'm, and I'm being honest if I say... I don't remember how the plan to fly away got foiled and that she ended up in the SUV. Is it because they wanted to kill her that she had to escape? No. She went to the airfield uh-huh. and she talks to the crazy guy and his crazy mechanic. Right. And they're like, yeah, we're going to Mexico. We're going to run the place. Yeah. And she decides and you don't see her say it or anything, but she's just not on the plane. Right. So she she decided not to go. They weren't going to kill her or anything. They were going to take her with her with them. And so then she goes up to the tower and tries to call her sister and calls and calls and calls and keeps getting the machine and finally calls and her little boy answers. Oh, yeah. And she goes, oh, mommy's coming to get you. And she has to go find the keys, which are with the one of the zombies locked in the room right which is why they didn't kill them for the story right we're Um, we're gonna need them later yeah um which was a fine setup and she goes in there with a wrench and bashes some hats in and because there weren't enough guns lying around yeah i guess they took all the guns seem to be any more guns that would make sense i thought they would have at least left her a gun Yeah, because she might need to kill them or herself at some point. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, yeah, we'll lend you. Did 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 they notice her smashed off finger? They didn't mention it. Because I gotta think that they would just go, nope, you're lying. You've been bitten. Yeah, maybe maybe she said, but they don't show you in the movie. They know much like how she got the tire around his neck. Yeah, they they cut, so they make it seem like they're taking off. And the plane takes off and then the camera pulls back and you realize she's still on the runway. And so they left her, but nothing said about it. Right. And then she goes all the way to Vegas and gets her little boy. That's right. And gets ready to fight zombies with a shovel. And the movie ends. Yeah. So that's, that's ready for a, a sequel if, it, if, you know, yeah. if anyone wants it. I would watch it. I'd, I'd be interested to see where does she go from here. Where does she go? And, uh, you know, I felt like, oh, I'm being presumptuous thinking that, okay, they're outside Vegas and she's with this guy with this car and there's cocaine involved. I'm assuming she's probably a stripper. But then they do show us that, like, yeah. not much later. Yeah. It's like, okay, if, if the if the leopard print pants and the platform clear shoes weren't enough of an indicator, here here's something to make sure that you don't feel bad about yourself for thinking that. Yeah. Here's a scene of a flashback. Yeah. Um, what if the sequel, it turns out they weren't zombies. They were just people she murdered. Yeah. In her coke-fueled days. Yeah. She, she's been awake for a week, and she's imagining all of this. And now there's cops coming after her with murder charges. Yeah. Hey, that would work. I would and like... then the zombie apocalypse happens. Hey, people who have mental illnesses do hear things. Yeah. People who've been awake for too long do see and hear things. Yeah. Maybe she's some of both and, you know. Sure. Then add drugs it's into It's a that. movie and we're going to have zombies in it, so. Well, that's a good thing, you know, to, to, to really remember what Dana Gould told us. That's where you're going to get stuck. Yeah. You know, it, it's like, 
Uh, Why do the apes speak English? Right. Why are we hearing explosions in space? What, the space wizards (laughs) weren't a problem? Yeah, the space wizards aren't a problem. It's the explosions. It's the sounds in space. Right. R2-D2 not speaking English? That's a problem. Yeah. The big gold one does. I mean, geez. Shouldn't he just be able to stick his finger in its ear and, you know, download some English? Yeah. I think in the original script, R2-D2 did speak English. Oh, really? Yeah. They I think like... they bickered back and forth in the original script. And but it was C-3PO is more of a sleazy used car salesman. <laughs> and I think R2 had the same personality, but he spoke English, if I remember correctly. And great. then it was later they decided that the prissy yeah. Anthony Daniels thing... The, the Roddy McDowell copycat. Yeah. That'd be great. Used car salesman. I could see like if they etched like a plaid pattern into his. Yeah, exactly. Into his metal. <laughs> that would be great. Okay. We talked about pretty much the whole movie and all the plot points involved. Uh-huh. Um, first of all, what did your wife think of this? Because you've dragged her into this whole horror movie thing. Yeah. Uh, what did she think of this one? Well, uh, she's not a big fan of the zombie films. I don't think she she hated it. Right. I don't think she'd watch this one again, but there's so many I wish of she them. had seen the battery. You know, I've I got... watched the battery on my own and yeah. you know, cause it was a zombie film and right. I was lucky to get her to watch train to Busan, which she really liked. Yeah. I think train to Busan and the battery did give me hope yeah. for the zombie genre. This one, I felt like it was a neat setup. Right. And as I discussed, I think once they got to the airway, it felt more like a general zombie picture. Like an A-team episode. Yeah, or something. It just, it was, you could tell, okay, this is almost over. They're wrapping it up. and These are devices in which to wrap it up. Yeah. It did feel that way, too. Uh, I I didn't think that this was a bad film in any real way. You know, there were some choices I probably wouldn't have taken, but... uh, right. But it was pretty good. Yeah. You know. Um, I liked what they did with it. I liked what they did with it. And I, I do enjoy a low budget horror film. So, you know, yeah. you don't have the money for zombies. I don't know why you wouldn't have money for zombies. They're the cheapest thing next to tits. But yeah. Extras with makeup slathered on Yeah. Them. You don't even need much makeup. Just dirty clothes. Um, the reception this got, of course, with critics, you know, depends on, you know, what, what bunch of critics you look at. Uh, I think it gets a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is technically rotten, mm. um, but not bad. I mean, there are movies that had a lot of money put into them that got, you know, a 13 or, <laughs> or an 8 or something. Yes. Um, some of which may or may not have starred Tom Cruise. Um, Variety gave the magazine... Or, <laughs> Variety gave the film a mixed review, um, praising um, Brittany Allen's performance and the resourcefulness of the director, while declaring that it never, that it's never really scary or funny enough to leave a memorable impression. Yes. And I could say to a point that's true, um, I felt like it stuck with me enough to ask you to watch it and, uh, you know, to just say, look, it's a low budget movie. It's pretty entertaining even though they make some choices that I think are, you know, a little, a little played out, you know, the, the military guys and the airfield stuff that felt a little like the A team or whatever, Yeah, that stuff could have been done better or differently. But otherwise, you know, the, the first two thirds of the movie or three quarters of the movie was funny and interesting enough. Yeah. And, um, let's see, LA weekly gave it a mostly positive review, uh, saying, uh, what could have been a wordless slog is inventive and even buoyant. Well, that's a nice way to put it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but um, Brittany Allen came from soap operas. She was in All My Children. Oh. You know, a bunch of episodes of that. Did you read the the uh, the thanks at the end of the movie? Uh, I don't remember if I did or not. Uh, I was pretty they, tired <laughs> by they the time thank, I did it. The director thanks Brittany for sleeping on an air mattress and doing her own stunts. Oh yeah, I did read that. Yeah, they have some great little. Yeah, I remember the credits were kind of stylized looking, and that yeah. they said some funny things. But yeah, it was pretty late at night and so, uh... long days at the con. 
long days at the con. Yes, con! Three days of the con. It was four. <laughs> four days of the con. And then get up at four and get to the airport just for your flight to be delayed. Oh, fun. Yeah, at least I made it to the airfield. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt. Um, so all this being said, okay, your, your wife was... Eh, somewhat ambivalent about, you know, yeah. she's, she's seen better. Uh, and I do have the battery on Blu-ray by the way. So if you want, oh, nice. if you want to show that to her, uh, sometime when you're really craving some low budgie entertainment, um, what did you think about it? Like, did you, it stains the sand red? Yeah. I liked it enough. So you would, I'd probably, if, it, if you are a zombie film fan, yeah, I'd say watch this. Right. If you were just, general horror fan i'd probably skip it because like variety said i don't think it was funny enough or scary scary enough enough or really inventive enough to be uh recommended if if i had to recommend one zombie film and it was either this or the battery i'd tell people to go with the battery because i thought the battery although not like truly inventive in any way that, uh, I mean, I don't know how inventive you can be with the zombie genre, but, um, I felt like the battery was a little bit more enjoyable. I thought so in the fact that, uh, you've got these two guys that are just wandering and and they've been through everything five or 10 times already. They know yeah. what's what, and they've, they've established sort of their own, um, their own language, their own understandings of everything. And I felt that the kid who checked out, you yeah. know, uh, I can't remember his name now, but, uh, yeah, but, but the, the kid with the headphones, yeah, I thought that was a neat take that hadn't been done in zombie films before. Really? That was a sort of realistic take on these people. Yeah. Cause he's still present, but he's checked out. Yeah. Unlike some other movies where they just have one person loses it. Yeah, he he never really loses it, but he's he's just he's seen too much. Yeah, and he's checked out. He's shell shocked. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, he's functionally shell shocked. Yeah. And then the, his friend with the beard is just like, "I'm on point," you know. Yeah. J- Jeremy Gardner's character. I forget the character's name, but he's he's on point. He's going to make sure that you know we don't make those same dumb choices we made that we narrowly escaped from. And we're going to remember the way things worked last time we did something. So we can use that to our advantage. Uh-huh. And, uh, and the whole thing, they, they do surprise you with a, with a couple of things you've never seen before. One of them is the one friend decides to shake the other guy up by sh- sicking a zombie on him while he's in yes. his bedroom. It's like, now you got to face it. Here's the bat. Yeah. You know? And then the other one was the, was the uh, headphones kid having a wink? Yeah, <laughs> at, the, at the zombie girl rubbing up on the glass. You know, that's a mild True. mild spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the battery. Yeah, but if you're listening to this and you have seen it stains the sands red and you haven't seen the battery, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, exactly. So if yeah, if I had to recommend one low budget, yeah. Uh, zombie movie worth watching, yeah. Yeah. In recent history, we've had one with a decent budget or a good budget, which was Train to Busan. Yeah. And one with almost no budget whatsoever, which was The Battery. Those two, I mean, I recommend them equally, if not recommend The Battery a bit more. And this one, um, I would say I probably recommend it a little more a little more strongly than you do. Uh, For horror fans, of course, zombie fans, fine, go with it. Yeah. Of course. Uh, but horror fans, I think you will enjoy, you know, getting a different story than what you're used to. Yeah. 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 Horror fans. I think so. General film fans, yeah. people may be interested in a zombie film I'd recommend a zombie film. I'd go with train to Busan. Yeah. First, if, if they want to just kind of stick their toe in the water and you see know, what's the zombie stuff all like, about. What's a, you know, what's the best low budget horror film you've seen recently. I'd have to go with the battery. Yeah, for sure. And you can you can look at something like Oculus. That was a pretty low budget movie. Yeah. And that really did something different. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are like, oh, whatever. It's like, no, you apparently didn't really watch the movie because it was pretty good. Yeah. It was giving you uh, 
it was giving you these ideas, these plot points, these motivations you hadn't seen in other movies. Yeah. So I, I did like Oculus. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do this. Like you could, for for what it used to cost to rent a camera, you can now own one. Yeah. You know, and, and then it's up to you to have a good story and use the camera like you know what you're doing. Yeah. But anybody can make a movie now. But people aren't. Or right. maybe they are and we're just not seeing them. I don't know what's going on, but there should be more there should be more stuff out there and it should be better. Yeah. But so. that's not exactly what's happening. I guess. So, I don't know. So what are we gonna do about it? Yeah. It's not really our take our ask for recommendations, the low budget movies yeah. to check out. Yeah. You know? I guess that's what we do. I thought coherence was another good Yeah. Low budget thing that you know worked for me. Yeah, sixty thousand dollar budget. Yeah, mostly, five days, mostly, mostly improvised. Yeah. That's you know that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, did you ever watch Safety Not Guaranteed? Yeah, yeah, that was I liked a, that one too. A good That's low budget, good low budget film. Time Crimes. Did you ever end up watching? No, that? I need to watch Time Crimes. Yeah, still. yeah, Time Crimes is a good uh, time travel. I don't know why I'm such a sucker for time travel. I don't know if they got me with some Twilight Zone episodes when I was little, but it something really so Back to the Future. Well, that would have been much later for me. But yeah, that was a little late. Yeah, that was at 85. Yeah. Yeah, I was in high school. What was going on? All I could think of was like the H.G. Wells thing, which I don't know if that would have really sparked my imagination as much. But uh, Planet of the Apes, they do end up... Time traveling and Planet sort of, of the Apes. They do. In the sense that they've gone to space and back to Earth and time has gone by. Yeah. And so in a sense, that is a time travel movie. But they go backwards in the third film. Oh, yeah. They travel back. My least favorite of all the Planet of the Apes films is that one where is that they con- travel back. Conquest? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. It's because the second one's Battle, isn't it? Uh, yeah. All right. I think the second one is probably actually my favorite one, despite <laughs> not really being set and planted i mean it's set in the same world but it's not a lot of planted the apesy stuff right but i love just the nuttiness all the underground nuttiness <laughs> and the fact they blow up the planet at the end yeah it's like you bastards you did it and then you blew uh it up, you maniacs <laughs> and then the third one they go back and it's earth and they're uh i don't know it seemed like a, a real step back in budget and everything do you feel that Tim Burton's movie, his... <laughs> Wait, Tim Burton made a Planet of the Apes film? Get out. Do you feel like that one gets more hate than it deserves, or does it deserve every bit of it? It deserves more hate than it gets. <laughs> okay. Tim I... Burton should have been like kicked out of the Director's Guild for that. <laughs> he should have been homeless. The DGA should have sent some guys to yeah. break his hands. <laughs> Poke out his eyes. He'll direct never again. He'll direct with his feet. He, yeah. he can't be stopped. He can't be stopped. He's like the, the man who made Ed Wood, which is great film. Ooh. You just made me think of something. Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. Wouldn't that cut. be a great mashup? No, because Edward Scissorhands was the first signs that there were cracks in the facade <laughs> that were Tim Burton. Yeah, it's like you gave us... Pee-wee and Batman and then this? Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? All right. Well, I think we covered this pretty well. Um, I don't know what we're going to do for next time. So listeners, maybe we'll try to give you a heads up on the Facebook and the Instagram. Oh, and I and I really wanted to say thank you to uh, Werewolf Ambulance for giving us a shout out. Uh, Alan talked about us uh, sending a Dana Gould poster to him. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, that was pretty sweet. Uh I love that show. I listen to it every Monday and I think I was a couple days behind um, listening to the show. So I hadn't heard it uh, by the time we recorded last time, but oh, okay. th- thank you, Alan and Katie. We love your show and I'm glad you liked my Dana Gould poster signed by the great Dana Gould. And man, that was such a great episode. That was so fun. Yeah. Now I want to go to Ape City and, you know, get a backpack full of <laughs> ape debris ape debris <laughs> yeah that's oh. that's crazy isn't it well man i wish it was still i wish they'd never leveled it 
you know, it's dumb that they did. You know, just yeah, they had to film other stuff there. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've gone. I guess the places in Tunisia from Star Wars are still sort of standing. Oh, that's weird. They had some. I don't know. With all the problems in Tunisia, I don't know if anything ever happened, but somebody was trying to like get them restored or designated historical monuments to Star Wars crap. And they're like, we got bigger problems than that. Yeah, no. no. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're knocking on the wrong door with that nonsense. All right. Well, we covered it pretty well. And uh, until next time. Uh, Stay off the moors. And thank you for listening. <laughs>